0: Let's start off with a prayer tonight, guys. We'll be back together you. Lord, we come to you tonight in Jesus' name, and we ask a request from you to please be with us in our Bible study tonight. And we ask that you'll just be in the midst of it and bring out what you, I believe, put into it. Just let me pray. Amen. Amen. So I want to start off by, I want to tell you a story about something that you can take spiritually. The other night, every night, We've been trying to get Hudson to sleep in his own bed and try to get him to go to sleep by himself. He wants somebody to lay with him until he goes to sleep. Well, with three children, it's not easy for somebody for Kristen or me to go in there and lay with him while the other two are screaming. So he's been going to sleep by himself pretty good. Well the other night Kristen goes in there and lays with him for a second. She gets up and she says, Hudson, I'll be back in here checking on you in a few minutes. Which he does every night. Well normally when we go back in there, he's asleep. Well this night, she went back in there, and she went there to just check on him and pull his covers up. And his eyes were closed what she said. He said, he said, Mama, <coughs> you did come back and check on me, did you? Didn't you? And you know, that to me shows me that he's already learning that he can count on his mama. When she says she's gonna do something, she's gonna do it. To us, that was simple, that was simple, you know. He wouldn't have got mad if he she you know, wouldn't have, or, you know, she wouldn't go back in there whatever. She they wouldn't have got mad. At but he learned something there is that he can count on. Her. You see what I'm saying? How many times has the Lord done that to us? You see what I'm saying? How many times has the Lord proved himself to us over and over and over again and showed us his faithfulness. You see what I'm saying? That was another thing I gotta think about out there in my car before I came in here was was not only his rest, but his faithfulness. Everybody I know would have left by now. You see what I'm saying? They'd left and nobody could have blamed him for it. But he stuck with us through the long haul, through the thick and thin. And uh, that just that just teaches Hudson so much right there. And and I think what a godly example that, that showed him there that when somebody says they're gonna do something and they did it, you know. So. anyways, we ain't in Peter. Oh, where are
1: we? Oh, <laughs> sorry. We ain't in
0: Peter. We're going to be in Timothy. Anyway. Yeah, we're going to be in Timothy. Yes. I want to so, be in Peter. Yeah. <laughs> we might do Peter next. So, but uh, we're going to be in 2 Timothy chapter 2. 2 Timothy chapter 2. And guys, I hope you've enjoyed this as much as I have. Once again, i got to start off with just telling you, by doing... What's in Timothy will not get you to heaven. By living by a book of rules will not get you into heaven. But by applying the blood of Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross to your heart and saying, Lord, please make me into a new creature. I believe in you. I believe that you died on the cross and rose for me. That is what will get you to heaven is by putting your faith in Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross. This is what we should do. After we become born again Christians, this is how we should live. This is how we should model our lives. And if we veer from this path, which many have, and we find ourselves stuck in the ditch, don't point your finger at God. Don't point your finger at the pastor. Look at yourself and examine yourself and say, well, am I following what you've told me to do? Am I listening to what you tell me to do? Am I obeying what you tell me to do? Look at that first, look at that first. Anyways, I got to find which one. I actually did like two or three of these things I didn't, I kept changing them a little bit. Up. But um, let's start out in number one there. I it's this one, it's the last one. <coughs> Teresa, if you don't mind, do me a favor, please. Sure. Move move to King James ESV, please. I have studied this, guys, and I'm not gonna change it for good. I just wanna change it for just a few minutes. I've done, I have been so in Timothy chapter two and reading in honestly four different ones, the NIV 2. And this ESV and NLT really do a good job bringing our points out. I believe what the Lord led on our heart. So it says, you then, my child. I love that because it shows you his connection with Timothy. He says, my child. Be strengthened By grace that is in Jesus Christ. Be strengthened by the grace that is in Jesus Christ. Why would Paul, his mentor, tell Timothy to be strengthened in the grace? I think I know why. Because he knew Timothy was going to be in a battle every single day, being beat down, being worn down, being just chewed to pieces by people's tongues. He was going to be beat up physically, spiritually, mentally. Paul knew that Timothy was pretty much going to be a sheep among wolves, is what it was. And Paul knew that he needed a little encouragement. Timothy, this is not in the Bible, by the way, but I can only imagine Paul's heart saying, I know you got a lot on you. I know that everybody is probably looking down on you. I know that people are probably looking at you like a fool. Stay the course, Timothy. Be encouraged. Just keep going, keep going. And that's what I imagine Paul said telling Timothy. You have heard me teach things that have been confirmed by many reliable witnesses. Now teach these truths to other trustworthy people. Let's go back over to ESD for a second. It says, and trust to faithful men. And I have, we the Lord, I believe gave me know. Wonderful lesson one Sunday talking about. Are there any faithful men left? Are there any faithful women left? Where can we find a faithful man? Where can we find a faithful woman? But I want to show you another thing here. He says, so what you've heard from me in the presence of many, entrust a faithful men who will be able to teach others also. So what Paul is saying here is, is don't just keep this bottled up. But I'm supposed to give it to Jamie. Jamie's supposed to give it to Bobby. Bobby's supposed to give it to Jason. Jason's supposed to give it to... You see what I'm saying? It's supposed to thrish. You're supposed to go out. It's supposed to minister. It's supposed to move. Not just to sit here and collect dust. You see what I'm saying? It's supposed to go out. I think in the Bible it talks about how will they know if nobody teaches them. Endure suffering along with me as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. I want to ask you a question. This is what I've been thinking about a lot this week when I read this book a few times over. What makes a good soldier? What makes a good soldier? Obedience. Obedience, Yep. yep. Exactly. Being able to follow orders. If the captain tells you, hey, I need you to go over there and protect this bridge for, just for an example. Well, do you know what's going to travel on that bridge? No. Well, do you know why he needs to protect the bridge? No. You just do it that's what he told you to do. You see what I'm saying? And you protect that bridge with your life. Well, why? Why would you do that? It don't matter. He told you to do it. You see what I'm saying? So just, just obey him. These are traits of great soldiers, I believe. Being honest. Trustworthy and being brave. Why is it important to have a brave soldier? Because a man ain't going to do no good running. He ain't going to do not a bit of good. What's some some other things that makes, what would you guys say would make a good soldier? What would you guys think? Man, Jamie, that's a good one. He said stay focused." if you didn't hear him. Why is that important to stay focused?
1: You can't have somebody
0: You can't have that. You can't have a wishy-washy person. Why? Because he's going to cause people to, their lives are going to be in danger. You see what I'm saying? You've got to focus on what's at hand. You can't be out there being drunk. You see what I'm saying? You've got, you got to be sober. What else, guys? What else is there? you to yes, gain sir. the trust of others. Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. You think I want to go into battle if I think you're going to run? Yes, sir, Steve. Uh, you know, it, it says that uh, there's no greater love than a man to lay his life down for his friend. That's right. Well, a good soldier, he has to be a good soldier if he's willing to lay his life down for his friend. That's right. Help carry the burden, help carry another man's cross in, in, in the midst of these battles that we're facing today. That's very, I could not have said it better myself, that's exactly right, physically. Now switch what he just said over spiritually. How is the church supposed to be doing what Stephen just talked about? What's the, how child the church supposed to be doing that? By loving one another? By sticking our necks out for one another? By loving one another? You see what I'm saying? What's anything else? What's another good trait of a good soldier? That's what I was going to say. Is love. Love?
2: love. Yep. Yeah. Being reliable.
0: I said yeah, reliable. Yeah, reliable. Yeah, dependable. reliable. dependable. That's it. These are all good traits of soldiers, but you can very easily switch them over to the Christian soldier. You see what I'm saying? These are the exact things that a Christian soldier should be able to do as well. One thing, and what one that I really thought about was what Steve said was obedience, being being able to obey. Yep. Even when you don't understand the full circumstances or you don't understand why or what or, or how they came up with that, but just being able to follow instructions, you see what I'm saying? That just, to me, I, I mean, that just seems like one of the greatest
1: even if you don't agree with it, oh Sometimes yeah, we don't oh, yeah. Agree with it, but oh yeah, don't understand it, but it's something we're called to do. We got to mm-hmm. do it anyway. We yeah. might not figure it out till later. Might not never understand it. You, Shannon said,
0: so, "What'd you say, Shannon?" But you said, "Gaining the trust of the people around you."
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Why? Why is that important? Why? Why is that important? Because they're putting their lives in your hands. Vice versa. You see what I'm saying? There, I'm counting on you and you're counting on me to do what's right. And if you can't trust me, that's gonna lower your confidence. You see what I'm saying? So, so these are all amazing traits. The soldiers say, yeah, have yeah, me
2: of that. Yep, when you say saying soldiers. Has any of you ever saw that movie on Hacksaw Ridge? Yeah. That, that soldier that refused to carry a gun because of his religion. Uh, and how many people uh, and that was a true story. Yeah, and he uh, saved them. Uh, how many people he saved. Yeah. And they ridiculed him uh, and yeah, and they were him yeah, and, and run him yeah. down yeah. and ridiculed him and mocked him and, uh, you know, just but he never let that stop him, yeah. you know, from being yeah. a soldier right. but in the army. Yeah. You know. And nobody um, wanted him to
1: be his yeah. partner either. Yeah. Uh, uh,
2: and and the thing of it was, you know, I think in, in that movie, if we took that spiritual, and no matter who ridicules us, or belittles us, or puts us down, uh, if we can just stay true to the cross, uh, there is where we will win soldiers for the Lord. Uh, let me tell you, when you're under pressure is when people are really watching you. And anybody can come and praise the Lord and, and sing clap their hands and shout Anybody can do that. Anybody. Right, man. But can you do it when you're under pressure? Mm-hmm. When you have when you, uh, all the things is are going against you? Mm-hmm. That, in that's what matters. I've
1: been studying to get ready to teach Bible study this Sunday to the children, and I was thinking about doing Jericho's wall for the kids. Can you imagine what Jericho was thinking when that messenger came down and said, I just want you to have these priests march around the wall, not the soldiers. He didn't need the soldiers fighting. He did not need the battle. You know, he had spies in the camp trying to come up with a plan on how he was going to take over Jericho. And then a messenger just came to him and said, you don't need all that. He's like, just listen to me. Here's how you're going to get Jericho and I couldn't imagine what the soldiers were thinking the next yeah. morning. He's like, I don't need you, I'm just gonna borrow the priest over here and walk around with our trunk. <laughs> it's, uh, I can only imagine what
0: was going in their minds when they were thinking, I man, this guy is crazy.
1: That's what I'm like.
0: But, I, but you yes, know, and, and let me tell you out. some of that hacksaw so recently. I don't even, I have never even planned on even talking about this. Let me tell you, I, I, so from what I've heard, the pieces of the story that I can put together, Francis Scott Key, when he, wrote our national anthem, if I can remember this correctly. They were in a real bad battle, really bad battle, with the British, and out of all the death and all the guns being fired and cannons being fired, he looked up and saw the American flag still flying. And that is exactly the epitome of what the church should be, no matter the battles, no matter the conquers, no matter what, to still see that bloodstained banner being raised and saying, we believe no matter what, no matter the resistance, no matter the the ridicule, no matter how, you know, whatever you think about it, don't matter, don't matter. We're still gonna be Christians tomorrow and the next day and the following day and the day after that one. And that that to me, that is that is what being a, a true soldier is. And they uh and that's why, and let me tell you that and it just, with 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 Hacksaw Ridge and those, these, these soldiers don't just hand it a gun and say, all right, go fight. They were put through many tests, you see what I'm saying? They were put through trials and they're trained. And each training they go through is only training them for a mission that they're gonna one day go through, you see what I'm saying? So instead of just thinking, oh, I don't know why I'm in this mess, I, I hate this mess, I hate this trial I'm in or whatever, well, what's the Lord trying to teach you in? You say, that's why I've always taken them things. Is what is the Lord trying to teach you there? Soldiers don't get tied up in the affairs of civ- civ- civilian life. Soldiers don't get tied up in the affairs of civilian life. For they cannot please the officer who enlisted them. What, what, is, all, what is all that saying here? So the soldier is the Christian And the affairs of the civilian life are things of this world that draw us away from God. So as a soldier, you've got a job. You have got a job, and that's to do whatever your CO tells you to do. That's your job. Who's the one that's enlisted him? That's God. God is our CO. So what he's saying here is, is if you put it into everyday terms, is born-again Christians, as you walk through this life... Don't get sidetracked to the left or to the right by shiny objects the devil's going to place in your life. Stay true to your CO. Stay true to God. Don't, don't mess over there. Don't, don't get tied up over here. I, I love this quote. I heard this quote in an in a army movie one time, and they said, you going to marry her? He said, if the Marines wanted me to have a wife, they'd issue me one. <laughs> <laughs> he was so caught up in the army and in the marines, he said if they wanted me to have a wife, they, they'd issue me one. And that, and but he had his mind made up. You know, he had. We think it's crazy. and I thought it was funny. I still think it's funny, but he had his mind made. up He wasn't worried about the side of affairs. He
1: was worried about getting his job done. Brother Travis said, "Makes me think about like what you're saying. A group of people, a church that." Instead of letting the affairs of the world affect them yeah. in a negative way, they're affecting the world in a positive way. Yeah. You know?
0: And athletes cannot win the prize unless they follow the rules. What, why, why would he? Do you think he's talking about an athlete here, a football player? No, he's not talking about that. He's breaking this down into terms that Timothy can understand. He's saying that if you're gonna do this, if you're gonna, if you're gonna do this, now let's look at athletes for a second. Athletes have to train, they have to go through endurance, they have to lift weights, they have to run on a treadmill, they have to gain up their endurance, that's what they gotta do, they gotta gain muscle, that's what they gotta do. But an athlete an athlete is not gonna win a prize unless he follows the rules. Let me let me tell you what I believe he's saying there is, it don't matter if I go out and train for an Ironman. you know what an Ironman is and it's yeah. crazy. They like run for, 100 miles, they swim for five miles, and they ride a bike for 200 miles. It's crazy. I've met a man that was actually training to do one. But if he goes out there and he says, well, I'm gonna take a bus past this running part, and I'm just gonna go ahead and do (laughs) do that that swimming part and the bike part, he's a cheater. It doesn't matter how much he trains. It doesn't matter how big his muscles are. It doesn't matter who's sponsoring him. It doesn't matter. What matters is, it's following the rules and winning the race. Well, how do we follow the rules as a Christian? By reading Timothy, by reading John, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and actually, honestly, oh, I take that back. By reading Genesis through Revelations a hundred times. That's how we. That's how we know the rules. And God's very strict on this. But He says if you don't obey those rules, you're not getting in. And what is the main rule? And that's you've got to have the blood of Jesus Christ applied to your heart, or you will not. Get in. Amen. That's what he's saying. That's a rule, that and it's right. verbatim. And you're, and nobody's going to change that. No matter how beautiful, how elite, how magnificent this athlete might athlete may be, he's not getting in if he does not follow that rule. And hardworking farmers should be the first to enjoy the fruit of their labor. Is he? He's not really. He's not just talking about farmers here. What he's really saying here is in in Timothy's terms, he's saying, whoever works ought to eat. If you're gonna go out there and go to work and work hard and try to provide for your family, then you should enjoy that. Yeah.
2: Exactly what he's saying.
0: But if tough teaching here, but if you want to be lazy and sit at home, he's saying that you ought not enjoy. It. The fruit of their labor.
1: I think he's talking about witnessing too, you know, the harvest.
0: Yep. <clears throat>
1: think about what I
0: am saying. The Lord will help you understand all these things. I love that right there. Let's say it right there just for a second. Who will help me understand all these things? The Who is it? Lord. The Lord. I love that. I went to listen to this. I went to ask a preacher one time a question. I'm not against that, by the way. I'm not against that. But I went to ask a preacher about something one time, and I felt like the Lord put on my heart, "Why don't you ask me?" I wrote it. I I just will never forget, I just never forgot that. Why don't you ask me? I wrote it, and I thought, "All right, we answer my question." <laughs> That's exactly what happened. He answered my question. I got an answer on it a few days after I prayed about it.
2: And
1: they've
0: had times I've asked you, but I wish I had not Yeah. Yeah, 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 That's all right. Well, he told me I didn't want to hear it. Yeah, you didn't want to hear it. it. You saw it. Oh, I love this part. How many times, and a lot of you guys, surprisingly, have been with us through this whole thing of Timothy, because we've had some ups and we've had some downs. But how many times have we heard Paul tell Timothy, remember remember, remember always remember that Jesus Christ now let's stop right there for a second now we're in the 8th verse and already in the 8th verse I think this is the second time I think that Jesus Christ's name has been brought up I think that's a great tool to discern with let me tell you what I'm talking about my grandma when I was a young Christian I said man or I, said, mom, I said mom okay that's what we call it." I said, man, I've heard this great pastor. He's teaching. Man, it's great. She says, what does he say about the name of Jesus? And i got thinking, well, of course he loves Jesus. Grandma, he's a preacher. And she said, "What if, did he say Jesus? Did he did, What did he talk about with Jesus? So I started listening to him again, and I've learned he's talked for 20 minutes and hasn't never mentioned Jesus or the blood or the cross or salvation or sin or, or any of that stuff. And I got thinking, what, you know, and that is the rule I have lived by. I, anybody I listen to, anybody, I want them to hear. I want to hear Jesus. I don't care about a joke you heard three weeks ago. I don't. That's I, I, fine if you want to put in. That's fine. But I want you to. I want to hear Jesus. You see what I'm saying? I want to hear Jesus preach. You see what I'm saying? I don't know what you think. You see what I'm saying? Amen. So, anyways, let's keep going. So we see here that peppered and salted and seasoned in Timothy is Jesus Christ and the cross. it's all in this. It's, It's from the beginning to the end. And Paul is constantly reminding Timothy, Timothy, remember, keep it in your mind. Well, even, I love this. He said, grasp it, hold it tight, cling to it. Remember that Jesus Christ, a descendant of King David, was raised from the dead, and this is the good news that I preach. He's saying, remember this why would Paul tell Timothy to remember
1: it is some
0: hard times the devil is awake 24 hours a day trying to get Timothy to forget it the enemy it was always present in Timothy's life trying to get Timothy to sway to the left to sway to the right to bend to the left to bend to the right whatever the case was that's what if that wasn't the case Paul would have never told him to remember it. You see what I'm saying? If if Timothy wasn't having trials and tribulations of this, Paul would have never mentioned it. So obviously, Timothy was being tempted to walk away, to stop Timothy. Think of the easy life you'd have if you just go get a wife, if you just go get a job and just settle down. Man, it would be so much easier on you. But Paul is telling him, Timothy, remember. Remember. Don't forget it. Don't forget it. And because I preach this good news, I am suffering and have been chained like a criminal. But the Word of God, I love it, guys. The Word of God cannot be chained. I want to tell you, I saw, I felt like maybe I saw it like this from the Lord. With the gospel and with the good news and of being a Christian in general, who's chained? Who is chained? So, what we see here is is a man who is chained, but the gospel is going out. And I'm sorry to tell you this, but in my life, I'm guilty of this. I do it the opposite. I my flesh goes free, and I chain the word. You see, what I'm saying uh, some things in there that I think is a little. I should be a little different. You see, what I'm saying I'm guilty of doing this. I'm guilty of. Chaining it sometimes, putting a lock over it, and doing what I want to do, doing what Travis wants to do, watching the television shows I want to watch, listening to the music I want to watch, and I do exactly opposite of what Paul is doing here. Instead of me chaining my flesh, not not physically, not I'm not being I'm not talking about handcuffs, but I'm talking about instead of doing what I want to do putting my desires, putting my wants aside and doing what Jesus Christ wants to do. We, we get, I get this backwards right here.
1: And Brother Travis, I, it makes me think about how when Paul was in chains, how many people he's helping still today with those words, the word of God, while he was in chains.
0: So I am willing to endure anything if it will bring salvation and eternal glory in Christ Jesus to those God has chosen. And you know what, Travis?
2: He, he had to prove that. No. Paul had to prove that. Uh, had Paul not been in prison, I seriously doubt that we would have had these letters that we have today. Mm-hmm. He would have been so busy. Ministry that he would not have had time to write the letters uh, because he was so powerful in his preaching uh, that we we see that you know he was under such anointing the anointing then that the, the, he would have never had time but it was God's will that he would be in prison uh, and. That's where Paul talks about uh, daily he had to crucify the flesh uh, because each and every day Paul's flesh would raise up again and try to keep him from meditating on Jesus Christ and him crucifying. And, and Paul was determined that, you know, he was going to... Uh, help those who would come in to the church after he died. And today that is so opposite of the way we soldier at Valley We can't understand that it's not, may not be what I'm accomplishing today, but what am I accomplishing if the Lord tarries 20 years from now? You know, I've often used this as an illustration. Uh, Billy Graham had to had a Sunday school teacher somewhere. Billy Graham had a mentor. We don't know who they were, we don't read about them, we don't get to see who they were. But uh, through those people suffering or teaching Sunday school or whatever, uh, they helped somebody else save thousands and hundreds. And that's what Paul is doing here with Timothy. Uh,
0: And after you get done, I'm going to read something about Mm. Timothy. So I am willing to endure anything if it will bring salvation and eternal glory in Christ Jesus. That's another time he said it. To those God has chosen. This is a trustworthy saying. If I die with Him, we will also live with Him. If we endure hardship we will reign with Him. Yes. But if we deny Him, He will deny us. So that, that to me, guys, has been a very scary verse for me as a Christian. <clears throat> That's why I try not to ever fail. I, I try not to. If anything, like I, I'll give you an example. Somebody might come in and say, wow, you got a bunch of cars in your parking lot. We've been blessed, man. The good Lord's been good to us. And I always, I try to interject that into our conversation somewhere and uh, just because I want people to know where I stand. I want people to understand. You know, I don't want to ever be accused of denying him. But not only do we deny him with our words, but we also deny him with our actions. That's a, that's a long, we could go in and spend days there. But, that, but we can deny him with our actions as well. So anyway, I just want to just touch on that for a second. If we are unfaithful, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny who he is. Oh, man, I love this, guys. It goes right back to it again. Remind everyone about these things. So Paul is pleading. He's begging with Timothy. He's saying, remember, remind, don't forget, clean, hold dear. He's telling this over and over again. Remind everyone about these things and command them in God's presence to stop fighting over words. Such arguments are useless, and they can ruin those who hear them. Let's stop with right it for a second. In the next few verses, we're going to talk about people and arguments in the church and maybe arguments as Timothy was having here. And what Paul was going to tell him is, stop arguing. Quit. He's not fixing anything. This is what was going through in Timothy's day. This is what he was having to deal with. Remind everyone about these things and command them in God's presence to stop fighting over the world. Such arguments are useless, and they can ruin those who hear them. Work hard so you... uh, All right, let's go back. Actually, I didn't mean to go here, but let's go back for a second. Going back to the soldier thing for a second. Now, let's say, for example, you get to base one day, your first day on the thing, and you get there, and you're ready to go. You don't know nothing about being a soldier. And you get there, and there's four or five sergeants that are just cussing each other and fighting and bickering and, and making fun of and just the most awful talk you've ever heard against one another and just saying you, you don't know what you're doing. You just hear all this back and forth, back and forth. What are you going to think? I think you what did I get myself into? That's what you're going to think. you what in the world? What is different with Christians? What's different? you got a young Christian comes into our church Maybe they even heard the gospel here and they decided to make the Lord their Savior of their life. And the first day they get here, they hear a bunch of us arguing. What are they going to think? See, ya? That's what they're going to say. Yeah, that's the same thing. Yeah, I don't want to get mixed up I ain't getting mixed up. They got enough of that. They got enough of that. I was on a fire department one time, and look, this is going to be kind of, I thought women could be bad. Y'all Yo, well, ain't got nothing on me. Oh, ho, man.
1: Oh, mighty.
0: Reach,
1: brother. You
0: <laughs> men stand
1: up, oh, oh,
0: oh, lady. <laughs> I I ain't never seen nothing like, like 40 men. You had 40 chiefs. <laughs> yeah, that's because they had women pushing <laughs> them. <right.
1: laughs>
0: You better not but come
1: home tonight unless you tell them what I did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it, I'm going
0: to tell you, it, just, it was horrible, horrible. And my first couple of months there, I loved it, man. Everybody, I remember just having a great time, and all of a sudden, I started hearing things. I, was, I tried to be friends with everybody, but then I started learning the clicks and then I was like, okay, but well, this person's friends with this person, so... You know, if, if this person's over here, though, and if I vote for this person, then this group will get mad at me, or if I support this. And it was a disaster. It was a disaster. And I can only see that through the eyes of a young Christian who comes to a church and says, hey, guys, I'm fired up. Let's go. Let's go save some souls. Let's, let's go do this. Let's go do that. And all they hear is, well, so-and-so is going to be mad if you do that, because I gave, you know, I told him off the other day, and he's mad, and I'm thinking, oh, God. Just stop, and that's exactly what Paul is telling Timothy right here. Let's keep. Let's, let's move on. Let's do it's get back to the fuzzling part. It's, it talks about puzzling for a long time. Work hard so you can present yourself to God and receive whose approval? Yeah,
1: God's. Uh, God.
0: Not Steve. Not Larry's. Not mine. Don't work so you seek my approval. I'm proud of you just for coming. <laughs> you know, this is the eighth time we've been in Timothy. I'm glad you came. You made me. Let proud. me read this in the King James Book. I no. like we'll move. It. If you don't mind, we'll say yeah,
2: it in the King, King. King James. You uh, gotta
1: put some more in the offering. And <laughs> I, I have,
2: I, I've tried to encourage people at this church to do this. Yeah. Listen, study yeah. to show thyself approved unto God. Don't never read your Bible. To prove a point to someone else. That's wrong. That's wrong. Paul says, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Uh, if you're studying the scriptures uh, just to prove somebody else wrong, whether it's your companion or a friend at work or your pastor, or you're trying to prove to the deacon board, wrong. Don't do that. Don't do that. Study exactly what Paul says. Study to show thyself approved unto God. Unto God. Study to show thyself approved. You don't have to prove yourself to no man when it comes to the Mm -hmm. Word of God. Study to show thyself approved unto God. A workman that needeth not to be ashamed rightly dividing the word of truth because let me tell you something when you're out there trying to prove a point to somebody instead of to God the only thing you're going to do is get veins swelled up in people's names, their face gets red and and to be honest with you I've even seen my own self get that way because I couldn't get them to see what I was trying to get them to see and, and then one day I said you know what that's not a God that's not a God for me to get angry with my brother like that so from then on I don't try to prove this word to nobody I study it for myself that God might find me worthy that he can trust me to do what he wants me to do again I have preached it several times in this church the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. Don't let people see you, amen, getting angry, snapping off at them, because the first thing they're gonna think, I'm not sure that brother's hard right. I, I didn't feel, I really didn't feel the love of God when I got to get back. I've been there, I've been there. I, I know uh, when, when people has aggressively attacked me in my relationship, uh, and let me tell you something. Uh, you don't have to prove nothing to nobody but God. Uh, prove to Him that you are a worthy, worthy, amen, of him. I, I've said this so many times. If there's a young man contemplating suicide in the parking lot food line, sitting there in a the car, maybe with a gun, maybe with an eagle, Maybe with a handful of pills. Can God stop you from walking in there to get a loaf of bread and draw your attention to that young man that's setting up? And can he trust you? Can he trust you to give that young man a gospel instead of your opinion? Because there's a whole lot of people that want to give them therapy. But I pray Father, if God stops me that the abundance of my heart, my mouth will speak. And the abundance of my heart, I hope, is the gospel and the word of God. So study. Study Don't Don't study to teach. Don't study to preach. Don't study uh, to argue. But study for one reason. And that is that you may be found worthy and approved of by God to say, okay, I think uh, Jamie is mature enough now in the gospel. I can trust him to take this message to so-and-so without him interfering with it, with his opinion. That's what I'm striving to do with God, that God can trust me, that I will add to or take away from it, that I will be us exactly
0: also I, I feel like it's being a Christian if that Christian in their hearts their sole job is to make God proud to put a smile on God's face to seek God to love God I feel like that alone is going to take care of other problems in that person's life I feel like well then, well, if you if you seek first the kingdom of God, all those things will be added unto you, and, that, and I believe like that's what it's talking about here. Is if you live a life like that, it's going to show in other things. It's going to show at your job. It's going to show at the gas station getting gas. It's going to show. You see what I'm saying? And that it'll bleed through to the other pages of your life.
1: Be praising them all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah
0: exactly. Exactly. <clears throat> Work hard so you can present yourself to God and receive His approval. Be a good worker, one who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly explains the word of truth. Man, could could we use some people like that? Avoid worthless, foolish talk that only leads to more godless behavior. This goes back to that Christian again. What that young Christian comes in and sees people talking like this? I'll tell you, a great and mighty Christian can destroy their witness with about a five-sentence, five-word sentence. They can destroy that witness. Yeah. This kind of yeah. talk. Oh, I love this part here, guys. I love this. This kind of talk spreads like what? Yeah. Cancer. cancer spreads crazy. I, I am just this cancer just makes me nervous. On. I don't even like hearing the word of it, but it spreads like uh, cancer. And let's look over here. So this one says canker. The ESV says like gangrene, that's what it says, it spreads. If I've understood this correctly with gangrene, gangrene can get into your bloodstream and it'll travel in through your entire body until your entire body dies because of that infection that might just be maybe in your lower limbs or in your hands or whatever. That gangrene can go through your entire body and kill you. Exactly the way it is with arguments with division in the church. It can kill the whole thing. Um, as in the case of Himaeus and Philetus, they have happened? left... I'm sorry? Is that what happened to them? Well, listen. They have left the path of truth claiming that the resurrection of the dead has already occurred. In this way, they have turned some people away from the faith. But God's truth... Oh, I love this part. Golly. I even called Steve when I read this a few weeks ago and told him about it. I said, but God's truth stands firm. And I like this over here in the kingdom. Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure. Boy, how many times I have just asked the Lord, Lord, just, I, just that rock. You see what I'm saying? Let me hold on to that rock. Like a foundation stone with this inscription, the Lord knows those who are His, and all who belong to the Lord must turn away from evil. I want to ask you a question. I want to ask you a question. I mean, this has been on my mind for years. Now. <laughs> Let's say you have got a Christian who's born again and is sincerely born again, but they will not let go of that sinful life. They won't turn it loose. Where do you think that person stands with God? I don't know. I can't judge that man. Well, we're not talking about somebody specifically. We're just talking about in general. That's what I'm talking. about. In general, I can't judge that person. That's up to God. He handles. Yeah. That's His business. I don't see how you can be a very effective Christian if you have not. Truly repented from your sin and moved away from that. Well, you know what I'm saying?
1: Travis, some, some Christians have strongholds. So now I'm not talking as about. are becoming more Christ like. Yeah. Yeah. Some sins take time to overcome. So I'm not
0: talking about somebody that's striving, Jason. I'm talking okay. about somebody that just living in haphazardly. You see know what I'm saying? Yeah. Somebody that, that not knows wrong. Justify, and understand? it doesn't. Yeah.
1: Like some of us will have a sin that we know is wrong, but we try to justify it yeah. so that we can keep doing it. That's not good. You know, if you know it's wrong, you have a problem with it. You have to trust God that eventually one day He's going to give you the strength and the power to overcome it. You know, that's different than trying to make an excuse for your sin you know, and it, to keep on sinning. And trying to, to live on both right. sides of the fence. you know what yeah. I'm saying. You got to ask God to forgive you. <clears throat> God is just to forgive you you got to ask him you better hang on to him and call him open, and open, 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 open. I,
2: how, I, was, I was working on a church one time We was putting a baptistry in it me and my dad and this preacher was there building an, an addition on the back of that church and this preacher had a well good, well reputation, I mean a knowledge of the scriptures. Uh, quoted backwards, forwards. But I slipped, I, I went around the building there one day and I heard him talk to this boy. He talked so mean to that boy and I walked back in there and I told my daddy, I said, I will never, never ever walk into a church where that man's preaching again, and I never. I said, to hear that man, how he talked, to that little old boy although, And I don't mean he talked. He was up in his ear, like you're out here, screaming at him. And that little old boy, and it was all because the little boy was reading a level on a wall, and that preacher told that boy, said nail the brace off, and he all that boy said, he said bucket ain't level." It's not plumb, Buck. He said, it. And the little boy thought Buck didn't hear him. And he said, Buck, it's not plum. And he just laid his stuff down. And he walked over and got right up in that boy's ear, right in front of all the men. And I mean, he squalled and screamed at that little boy. And I lost every ounce of confidence in five seconds for that man. And I never did have none more after I don't care how good you can preach and pull it, I don't care how good you can shout, and I don't care how good you can put if you, you can destroy it in front of other people mm-hmm. in five seconds. Mm-hmm. In five seconds. Mm-hmm. And that's one of me I believe God allowed me to be there that day and witness that. So that I would never, ever desire to do nobody like that. And mm-hmm. never do anything. because I'm gonna tell you, like you say. You better be careful how you're living your life in front of people because listen, listen to this. While you said that, this verse popped in my mind in Proverbs. A brother, in, in Proverbs 18 and 19, listen to what the Word of God says. A brother offended is harder to be won than a strong city. He's talking to soldiers here. That's tough. Yeah, you yeah. he's talking to soldiers. You better be careful how you offend people or hurt people because sometimes you can go back and say, I'm sorry, fifty times. It don't matter. It don't matter. You've done killed your witness with it. You've done destroyed. It. You don't have no confidence in it anymore. And I've seen that. I've seen that. And that preacher killed his confidence with me that day. I wouldn't have walked in. I don't care what happened many people abited I wasn't walking back to hear him preach. Because I saw how he done that little boy. And how he talked. All because of this change he was wanting to hurry and get the walls up so he could collect some money. Mm-hmm. It didn't matter what, how bad he hurt that boy. Mm-hmm. So that day, I never didn't want to hear him again. I didn't never want to walk to church out he was at. And that's what I'm telling you. This, this led Paul was him to do that stuff.
0: Don't act like that. Don't do that anymore. Don't do that. Especially somebody as influential as Timothy was in this day, Yeah. how, how easily what Paul had worked so hard to build up could be burnt down to the ground in a matter of seconds. Well, at
2: what, and Paul knew that Tim Timothy was going to face the times that he was going to be tempted to do this.
1: Yeah, that's when it's hard. And
2: Paul he was saying, don't do this to him. Because yeah. are going to be times he's going to slap you. Yeah. They're going to hit you. Mm-hmm. Because they had me. They had and, me. And, and, and listen. The very perfect one. Read the book of Isaiah about the crucifixion of Christ. He said he stood in the land before the shoes. He never opened his mouth while they was speaking him by the earth. He had the power, he had the power, Travis, to draw their breath out of their body, and they would fell dead.
0: He never, never opened his mouth. In a wealthy home, some utensils are made of gold and silver, and some... Are made of wood and clay. The expensive utensils are used for special occasions, and the cheap ones are for everyday use. If you keep yourself pure, you will be a special utensil for honorable use. Your life will be clean. Your life will be clean, and you will be ready for the master to use you for every good work. Cut it out right there. I don't want you to rush this. This is some really yeah. good stuff here. It, yeah. I don't want you to. Uh, well, they. If you if you guys need to go, obviously, please please. But this this is pretty important stuff here. So what is? Let's break this down here just for a quick second. What is he talking about here? Live your life righteously. The Lord is. Let me tell you what happened. Let me tell you this is a quote I've learned and I love it. A, a young lady wrote this quote. She says, "I long to do great and mighty things for the Lord." But until the Lord calls me to do great and mighty things, I'll treat little things as if they were great and mighty. And and what she's saying there is it don't matter what the Lord puts me into. I'm going to try to treat every single one of them with respect, dignity, and I'm going to try to carry it out to my fullest capability. And that's exactly what I believe he's saying here is, is listen, don't matter. Keep yourselves pure. Keep yourselves right. When you come over to a person's house, maybe they might bring out their fine china. You see what I'm saying? They're proud of it. You see what I'm saying? How many people (laughs) want God to be proud of you? Run from... Oh, I love this part, guys. This is exactly what Paul is trying to drive in Timothy's head. Run from anything that stimulates youthful lust. Run from it. Get away from it. Stay away from it. It's dangerous. Instead, pursue righteous living. What, is, what does righteousness mean? What, is that, what does that mean? Does anybody know what righteousness means? Right, standing, right, standing, with right God. standing with God. Exactly. Pursue righteous living. Pursue faithfulness. Pursue love. Pursue peace. Enjoy the companionship of those who call on the Lord with pure hearts. Again, I say, don't get involved in foolish, ignorant arguments that only start fights. And I go back to the, to the analogy with the soldiers. If You don't want to see 15 of your commanding officers up there fussing and fighting and all this kind of stuff. A servant of the Lord, whose servants of the Lord? Who is, who is he talking about? The, the church, morning in Christians, must not quarrel but must be kind to who? Man, hey, that's tough there. That's not easy. That's not easy. And listen to who this was coming out of his mouth was Paul. Paul had just been beat 39 times. He'd been beat 39 times twice. And in his letter, he's saying, be kind to everyone. How is that possible? How is this possible? It's easy to understand 24, if Paul is this, oh, this, this lavish king who's been sitting on a pillow all of his life. It's easy to be kind to everybody. but Paul was one of the most hated Christians that's ever been on this planet. And he's telling Timothy, "Be kind. You know why be kind? You know why I've seen this. I've seen it with Steve Kirk living his life. I have seen times where Steve Kirk should have cussed the person out. Should have. Should have done. He should have got ugly with him. I couldn't. I had got (laughs) to (laughs) sleep (laughs) with him. I forgot about that one. But I was talking about just being (laughs) mean. But but he's got the car keys. I saw it. He would have said that if he didn't have the car keys. But but see, the the big thing about it is, but when a servant of the Lord, when they quarrel, it just tears them down. Just tears them down. That last part is so hard. Be able to teach and be patient with
1: who? So think
0: about guys. Think about it. Put it in context. Uh, who's writing this? Anybody. Anybody out there? Who's writing this? Paul. Paul has been beat. He's been accused of wrongdoings, of, of stuff that he didn't do. A falsely accused he has stood on for the gospel when nobody else would it seemed like and what is he telling people to be patient with difficult people let me tell you I'm gonna tell you I gonna tell you what I was talking about with Steve Kirk there. when I saw Steve Kirk being kind and generous to people that I shook my head at it was different I was seeing salt You see what I'm saying? You know in Matthew chapter 5 when he says, Be the salt of the earth? That's what that salt is. Is being kind. It's different. Something about this is different. Because we're so used to people cussing and running one another down, and we're so used to backbiting and gossiping and all this kind of stuff. It's so bad in America that being kind to somebody is weird. What salt? It's seen as weakness. It's almost like, well, what do you want if you're being kind? You see what I'm saying? Genuine kindness and what Paul is talking about here has become so rare these days that I don't even know if people even realize it when they actually even see it right in front of them. Actually, I know they don't. I know
1: they don't. It really helps to think of their souls, to not focus on what they're doing, but to think of their souls.
0: You know, that goes back real quick about that kindness. When you don't want to be kind to one another, you know how I believe maybe Paul was so easy to treat people with kindness? Because all he had to do was think about that Damascus road. And think about God was being kind to him when Paul was trying to destroy everything about Jesus Christ. Jesus showed him grace and that kindness. And now Paul is only doing exactly what T- Tana said, that song that Tana says. She's only doing what her Savior would do. And that's showing kindness. Then they will come to their... I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Gently instruct those who oppose the truth. Perhaps God will change those people's hearts and they will learn the truth. I wonder here, this is not Bible what I'm about to say, I just wonder if Paul had somebody in mind when he was writing this. Maybe a centurion guard that had just gotten done beating him or whatever. And Paul is saying...
2: No. So James and Bobby, Chan, Frank, priest,
0: that's who he had in
2: mind.
0: Yeah. then they will come to their senses and escape from the devil's trap for they have been held captive by him to do whatever he wants and what does the devil come to do what does the devil want he wants to steal. kill he wants to steal and he wants to destroy and I'll tell you something, he is good at it. He is very good at it. Travis,
1: when I see this right here, I think about how Paul, he learned how to put the shield of armor on him. Yeah. yeah he, he, he learned how to wear it on a daily basis. Yes, he did, Chad. And all he saw was the righteousness that Jesus Christ had to him and the grace he poured out. You know, Paul didn't deserve all that for what he'd done to Christ, but he saw that Christ loved him so much. Yeah. And he just—I I think when we see this right here, we see that Paul did—he uh, uh, preached what he taught, and he was who he was because yeah. he knew exactly who God was. He—he yeah. he, he had experienced and I
2: support your ministry and grace as strong as I do. Is because so many churches have forsaken this twenty-sixth verse, mm-hmm. and you don't. And I think this right here, you could easily, easily put addicts yeah. in this verse right here. Very easily. They will come to their sins if we don't give up on them. Thank you, Lord They will come to their sins. Thank you, Lord And Thank escape. You. See these a lot of these ones, they're in a trap. Yeah. And it's up here, the trap is up here. And, and, and no matter how hard they try, they can't seem to be free from that traffic. But Paul says, if we will gently, gently instruct those who oppose the truth, now he didn't say agree with you. He said they will oppose, in other words, argue with you. Oppose the truth. Perhaps God will change that person's heart, these people's heart. They will learn the truth. Jamie, he didn't tell me that we could save all of them. But he said,
0: us to learn the truth mm-hmm. that the truth is set that gives me hope tonight with my brother who I, I pray the Lord will save his soul and and that that's that's this is exactly what I am encouraged to do in front of him now is instruct him and he doesn't really oppose it but he doesn't live for the Lord so I feel like he does kind of in a way oppose it but I, I have to hold on to that promise that's in 25 is is maybe God will change that person's heart one day. And that's what I can hold on to. And that's how come I'm able to have faith in the Lord and just say, Lord, can you do it? Can you change his heart? Because I know what I'm, I'm doing is, it don't seem like it's working all the time. It almost seems like it's going opposite of what I feel like it ought to do. But, uh, and then they will come to their senses and escape from the devil's trap. For they have been held captive Who in here has been held captive by the devil? You know how it feels? There's millions more out there that are doing exactly, going, they're sleeping tonight. Exactly what we talked about in that hymn a little while ago. In that peace and that rest. They don't have that tonight. Let's live a light in front of them. Let's be the